Here we have a very strange parable from the 16th chapter of St. Luke's Gospel, a parable that is extremely difficult to interpret. Yet I would say, my brothers and sisters, that this little story has a very important message, a very timely message for all Americans of the early 21st century, especially all Catholic Americans. Concerns a dishonest steward who was guilty of squandering his master's property. Quite simply, that means he was an embezzler. His boss had given him authority to manage his estate, and he had deceitfully taken his boss to the cleaners in the process. Thought occurred to me the other day as I was preparing this homily, perhaps this guy was a first century ancestor of Bernie Madoff. Of the Bernie, back in 2009, he got 150 years in prison taking his clients to the cleaners, to the tune of over $50 billion. Anyway, coming back to the parable, this steward finally gets caught with his hand in the till, and he's given the proverbial boot. But before the boss dismisses him, he tells the embezzler to render an account of his stewardship. Now, at this point, the corrupt steward knows two things. He knows two things for certain. Number one, he knows that his present job is history. He's done. And number two, he knows that he'll soon be out on the street without any friends. See, in first century Palestine, stewards like this were hated, deeply hated, because they normally charged their master's debtors huge amounts of interest. So the crafty steward makes a very prudent decision. He decides to dispense with his quote-unquote commission in order to make some new friends calls in his master's debtors, and he has them pay only the amount that they owe the master, not the interest. Well, to put it mildly, those debtors must have been ecstatic, ecstatic to hear that kind of news. They probably said to the steward, you know, you're a great guy. Thanks so much. Look, if ever you need a favor, if ever you need a job, come see us. At that, the dishonest steward probably responded under his breath, that's just what I was hoping you'd say. You'll be hearing from me very soon. At that point, the master commends the steward for acting prudently. He doesn't commend him for being dishonest. He doesn't commend him for embezzling his money, but rather for being prudent and enterprising. See, this steward had a goal. He had a worldly goal. His goal was to settle affairs with his master and provide for his future. So he did what was necessary within the law to achieve the goal. Then Jesus offers this biting comment on the whole story. He says, For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. What's our Lord saying there? He's saying, you know, people with worldly ambitions will do almost anything to achieve their goals. They'll make sacrifices, they'll plan, they'll study, they'll work extremely hard, like this dishonest steward did. Wouldn't it be wonderful if people of faith had as much zeal for the kingdom of God, for the things of God? Wouldn't it be wonderful if people of faith had as much concern about moral righteousness and about getting to heaven? I believe Jesus told us this parable in order to shake us and wake us up. 
Boy, do we need a wake-up call right now in the United States of America because our culture at the present time is in a mess. In our culture, in our society right now, it's not only the children of this world who take more initiative than the children of light, it's also the ungodly who outdo the children of light in zeal and determination. Think of the zeal that many militant atheists have today, people like Richard Dawkins, Bill Maher. Think of people like the leaders of Planned Parenthood, who've turned baby killing in the United States into a multi-million dollar industry in recent decades. When they were outed a couple of years ago, exposed for selling fetal body parts, they should have been embarrassed. They should have been humiliated. But they weren't. In fact, many of their leaders and supporters are more militant now than ever before. Or how about the gay rights activists in this country? For the last 40 or so years, mostly through their accomplices in Hollywood and the media, they have effect effectively desensitized most Americans to the immorality of homosexual activity. Most people now have no problem with it. That took a lot of work, a lot of hard work, by a lot of people. They had a determination to do whatever they needed to do to change people's opinion on the matter. And for the most part, sad to say, they've succeeded. Same thing now is happening with transgenderism. You know, transgenderism used to be listed as a mental disorder by the American Psychiatric Association. Then, late in 2012, it was suddenly removed from the list. Now, you might ask, what great scientific discovery happened make this change occur. Well, there was no science behind the change. The guys and gals at the American Psychiatric Association simply bowed to social and political pressure. Social and political pressure from those who wanted to make what's abnormal seem normal. It's only gotten worse since then. Now we actually have drag queens reading stories to little children in public libraries all over the country. What a great way to help young people understand their identity as male or female. Can you imagine this happening 30 years ago, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago? I can't. Those of us who want to be numbered among the children of light, and hopefully, hopefully we all do, those of us who want to be numbered among the children of light need to get a healthy dose of prudence and zeal ourselves. And we need to get it quickly, because Western culture is decaying all around us very quickly. And this has to begin, I believe, in Catholic and Christian families with parents who have prudence and zeal and who are willing to confront these issues, discuss these matters with their children so that their children will develop prudence and zeal in their lives and not be taken in by the lies of the world. Do not count on their schools to do it. Don't count on their universities to do it. Even though we have many great teachers out there, all too many of them these days are among those who are promoting the lies. That includes many who teach at Catholic institutions in this country. St. Paul says in today's second reading that God wants everyone to be saved and to come to know the truth. 
That truth should be learned first in a person's family, and then it should be reaffirmed and reinforced in a person's church, which is what we try to do here at St. Pius. In fact, that's one of the reasons we're starting youth group again next Sunday night at Chunkin Java. We want to reaffirm and reinforce what these young people are hearing, hopefully, at home in their families. So encourage your young people to come, teenagers. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. That was true when Jesus Christ walked the face of this earth 2,000 years ago, and unfortunately, it's still true today. But it does not have to be true in the future. At least for us as individuals, it doesn't have to be true. By the grace of God, if we choose, we can be more prudent, we can be more zealous, we can be more passionate, we can have more initiative than those who oppose us. And if enough of us, if enough children of light make this same choice, the decay can be stopped, the culture can be turned around, the culture can be saved. Which means that we all have to do our part as individuals and as families. And then, as Monsignor Strzok used to say, we have to pray. 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 <laughs>